seated. Thank you, guys. Hey, Connor, I'll let you come stand with me for a second. If you don't know, this is my son, Connor. He and Josh help out often. But when we're talking today about bearing someone's image, we adopted him a long time ago. We don't know who his father was. We're unsure of that. But, uh, man, just proud of him. Didn't, he didn't tell you I was going to do that, but I love you. So, all right, you can sit down, man. It's good. Listen. I, I, I'm, I'm so, I've wanted to preach these next four sermons since October. Um, they didn't fall in our series um, last year because we were in Revelation towards the end of the year. And we're going to be in Genesis today. And uh, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm bursting at the seams. But I, I want to let you know as a, as a church family, last week I told you uh, what's on my heart this year is this idea of, of come to the table. In Revelations 19, when it says, blessed are those who are invited to the marriage table uh, of the Lamb or to the supper table of the Lamb. And, and the Lord, is He is shaping me and changing me every moment. I'm, I'm trying to dwell on that. My, I made my daughter listen to books with me all the way to, to Waco on Friday and all the way home as well. Um, but, but here's what I, I want to share with you. I just want you to know we're, we're journeying this, through this together. We were at a, a, a shindig, and that is not the right word for we're like, like a soiree or something. I don't know. Friday night. And um, it, it, was, it was dressed, and they had a, a coat check-in. So Ashley and I were laughing. The only place I ever go where there's a coat check-in is like the Capitol, right? When you have to check your coat. And we don't ever go anywhere that nice. Like fancy for us is letting everybody get their own pizza at Mod. Amen. You know, that's, that's for us. That's where I'm comfortable and I'm comfortable with you. But quite honestly, just to let you know, when you put me in a strange place around a bunch of people I don't know and, and pockets of them know each other, it's, it's a pretty intimidating thing. And so Ashley and I, Friday night, are, are going around at this getting to know. It's supposed to be a get to know you thing where you all get to know one. No one's getting to know each other, but you're supposed to. And you're supposed to meet people. And, and we go because we're who we are. We start with the shrimp and grits bar. And then we go to the macaroni and cheese bar, right? Those are the kind of bars we go to. So, so we're tasting food. And I find ourselves in the midst of all of these people. And they have all these little tables set up. And, and then there's an area kind of like this, like the central area. And guess where I find us eating? In the middle, out, out in the open. Do you know why? I mean, I, we just started talking about it. I said, yeah, I just wonder if we psychologically moved here. All the tables had somebody at it. So if, if we're standing out in open and eating, it's kind of that universal sign. We didn't want to get close to anybody right now. We're figuring out our plan and our scheme. And so I tell Ashley, okay, when we're done with these shrimp and grits, literally— when we're done, the next thing we get, we need to go stand at a table. And, and, and in that moment, the, the, the idea, it, it really wasn't, I'll be honest with you, it wasn't make a connection at that moment to further educational career. It wasn't this idea that you need to tell someone about Jesus before the night is over. It was just really this idea of, do you love me? And, and do you love them? I don't know anyone in this room. They all look like they know what is going on. And I, am, I feel like the little boy from Alabama all of a sudden all over again. And it's just this, I just, do you love them? Do you believe that they bear my image? If so, do you love them? 
if you love them come to the table join them at the t- invite them and so so this was a great I had Ashley with me I thought we can do this kind of we feed off each other a little bit and so then we walk outside and she finds five people from her school that she knows that we didn't know were coming and so then she goes off with them <laughs> it's awkward we had a plan and so I started my journey <laughs> I there wasn't a good table. I got I didn't even know they made these fried turkey strips. That's illegal. That don't don't eat that stuff. But but I just get something to put on a plate and I go stand at a table and over the next hour I just start talking to this family and get to hear their story and pray for, for their family. And then the next day I go to lunch and I'm I'm late again and so I go to lunch and Ashley's still off doing her thing and all the tables are full. And here I am with my burrito. Just go sit down at this table for four and there's someone at it can i sit with you and, and at this time I'm, I'm like lord i already showed you i love them i put my earphones were in i had some work to do so i thought and so this lady looks up and she says sure you can i said great I pull out my bag and this and that and the other and i see her look up and then look back down and i hear lord do you love me do you do you do you believe that she needs to know my love put my earphones out I didn't make that face I said hi I'm David Adams and for the next hour we talk about life with the only purpose of saying will I show someone the love of Jesus Christ without a personal agenda for the day and so three times that happened over the weekend and so I want to encourage you because of the way that maybe you've been living your, your eye has been somewhere else maybe it's been a little bit more here than there you're not alone because as we grow and mature in christ as we walk with him i really believe that there are going to be things in our way where the lord has to challenge us and say do you love me this isn't about scholarships do you love me none of these people are coming to your church on sunday do you love me and do you love them? God's word is so good. was reading this, and, and, and I'll, I'll draw you a picture. I wasn't sure if I was going to do this because my drawing skills are so wonderful. But I want to let you know where we're going. Um, this is a, a man, right? And, and this is a woman. And the way that you know that, it's not anything specific. It's just she has longer hair. If you have longer hair, you can be a man too. It's just how I draw. Now, I was telling some uh, pastors in Costa Rica, we were talking about Genesis and identity and stuff. And, and this is what we're going to talk about over the next four weeks. Genesis 1 talks about how we are made in God's image. Genesis 2 talks about how we are made together uniquely to bring forth and carry out the mission in a way that we couldn't do on our own. Genesis 3 is about how sin attacks that mission so that the gospel is broken up and can't be carried out. Genesis 4, it shows how sin attacks this image of identity, of being the image of God. And so that's the next four weeks, five with the, with the chaplain being next week. This is what we're talking about. I don't know 
that there's something more critical that we can talk about uh, today. There's a reason that the Lord started off the, the canon of Scripture with Genesis 1. Because he wants you and I to understand what our image is about. Psalms says it this way. And Psalms 42, verse 3 and 4 says this. The psalmist says, Send out your light and your truth and let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy hill, to your dwelling. And then I will go to the altar of God. To God, my exceeding joy, and I will praise you with the lyre, O God, my God. What the, what the psalmist says is this, is, is, Lord, it's your truth and your light. That's what I want to lead me. And where I know your truth and your light leads me is to the holy hill of God. In other words, it's the dwelling place of the Lord. It leads me to you. And the Bible says earlier, who can ascend the hill of the Lord? Right? Who can? Only those who are clean and pure in their hearts. How, how do we become washed clean? How are we made pure? By the light and truth that God sends out to lead us. And when it leads us, it leads us to the dwelling place of God. And, and so the psalmist cry is just, Lord, do it because I want to exceedingly rejoice. I want to take you in and celebrate what perfect life really is. And you're, I want to worship you. In, in church, here's what, what I want you to know. As we look at being made in God's image today, the reason Genesis 3 and 4 are so critical is because Genesis 1 and 2 are so important. Because Genesis 1 and 2 points us, gives us an image, a taste of what better looks like. You see, when God created Adam and Eve and the garden and all of the world, all of the universe, it was perfect. When you and I, through Christ alone, are made new, renewed, I want you to know that, that Eden is a whole lot better than where we are now, but when we join with God, it'll be a whole lot better than that. That you and I, the driver for us is not to fight off um, perceptions, political parties, win a debate at a macaroni bar, whatever. The driver for us is not to live wonderfully moral lives. The driver for us is, Lord, we want to go where your light and where your truth lead us. And they always lead to the holy hill of God. You and I are living for Eternity. We're not living for college scholarships. That's hard for me to say. We're not living for college scholarships. We're not, we're not living for an for a easy path. We're not living for, for just to have a happier, healthy version of today. I, I want you to know, and we'll, we'll talk about it. The Lord, the Lord made sure that you and I wouldn't dwell in this shadow of what's to come in Genesis chapter 3. So we'll, we'll get there in a few weeks. In your Bible, Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. If you have a pew Bible, um, it's listed in there. This is like the best day ever. It's page 1 of your Bible. I, I'm going to read a lot. So, so stay with me. There's a, there's a reason for it. 
In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void. The darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Verse 3, And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. He called the light day and the darkness night. And there was evening and morning on the first day. And God said, let there be an expanse in the, the midst of the waters and let, the separate, uh, let it separate the waters from the waters. And God made the expanse and separated the waters that were under the expanse from the waters that were above the expanse. And it was so, and God called the expanse heaven. And there was evening and morning on the second day. And God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place and let the dry appear. And it was so. So God called the, the dry land earth and the waters were gathered together and he called them seas. And God saw that it was good. And God said, let the earth sprout vegetations, plants, yielding seed, fruit trees, bearing fruit in which is their seed according to its kind on the earth. And it was so. The earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed according to their own kinds, trees bearing fruit. In which their seed, according to its own kind, and God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning on the third day. And God said, let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night. And let them be for, excuse me, and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and for years. And let them be lights in the expanse of the heavens to give light upon the earth. And it was so, and God made two great lights. The greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night and the stars. And God set them in the expanse of the heavens and gave the light on earth to rule over the day and the night and separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. Verse 19, and there was evening and there was morning on the fourth day. And God said, let the waters swarm with swarms of living creatures and birds that fly above the earth across the expanse of the heavens. And God created sea creatures. So every living creature that moves with, with the waters swarming according to their kinds and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. And God Bless them, saying, Be fruitful, multiply, fill the waters and the earth. Let the birds multiply on the earth, and the seas, and let the birds multiply on the earth. And there was evening and morning on the fifth day. And verse 24, And then God said, Let the earth bring forth living creatures according to their kinds, livestock, creeping things, beasts of the earth according to their kinds. And it was so, and God made the beasts of the earth according to their kind, the livestock according to their kinds, and everything that creeps in the ground according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. Now pause. And there's only one thing left on the sixth day, and, and we'll get to us. The heavens, the expanse, the seas, the universe, the plants, the animals, the birds, the creatures. Can you think of the billions and billions and billions and billions of things that God has made up to this point? And I don't know if you've ever just clicked on the Hubble telescope and looked at pictures. The creativity of God is enormously awesome. It's, 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 it's breathtaking. Some of the views that people 20 years ago never got to see are more breathtaking than maybe anything we've ever seen. Five days of creation encompassing what we could not measure. And not one of them bore God's image. Verse 26. The Bible says this. Then God said, let us make man in our image after our 
likeness. Five days, five or millions of opportunities, and only us. If you have been struggling with your worth today, let that thought linger for a moment. God had billions of opportunity to, to bear his image on different things, but only in creating men and women does he do that. In no other place. If you, don't, if you don't like how you look, you don't like the color of your hair, you don't like the way that you talk, your teeth aren't how they, if you, whatever. Out of all the beautiful things in the world, you, you bear the image of God. Nothing else. Not a platypus, not an aspen tree. You, the Lord ascribed value to you before you were you. Out of billions of opportunities, you. Verse 26 and a little bit of 27. Then God said, let's make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over the uh, earth and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. I don't know if that gives you the right to step on the creepy things, but it, you have dominion. So God created, verse 27, man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Now, I want to pause for just a second because you might, you might want to go there. It's just like, okay, what is it says? Let us make man in our image. And then verse 27, so God made man in his image. And, and before we, we go too far off track, I just don't want you to come back and say, I wish he would have said. That you, you can read scripture as, as good as I can. That could absolutely have been God as the triune Lord deciding to make man, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in his image. It could be the king addressing the heavenly court saying, let's do this. In the same way that you told your family, hmm, let's go to lunch today. Now, you just made the decision all by yourself. You're going to get in the car and you're going to do all the driving. They're just jumping in the back for the ride. But you said it in a way that's plural. Now, regardless of which way, the Lord will enlighten us for sure in heaven. But, but he, he makes sure that we understand that let us make man in our, our image and our likeness is clarified by verse 27. So God created man. He was the one who did it. Now, now here's the crazy thing. When it says, let us make man in our image, the word picture can be one of a statue, of a sculpture, but it also, the Greek word literally means inscribed, etched in. In other words, here's the picture of that. When God chose you, and, and not trees or anything else in all creation, when God chose, chose men, men and women, to inscribe his image on him, he etched part of his character on your life. You, you reflect him, just like my son reflects me. He is not me. But he reflects me. There are certain characteristics that he has that were given to him by me. The difference between God and me is God picked. Amen? Right? 
You and I, we, we give our image to our children not by choice. The Lord's still at work, but they bear our image. This, that's only because us giving our image to our children is a taste, a shadow of the reality, the perfection of what God has ascribed to you and to me. God has, has etched part of him. You, you carry his characteristics around. God rules. He's given us the charge to rule. Dominion. Scripture says the Lord could no longer more forget his people than a mother nursing her child at her chest. Hey, moms, when you're loving your child that way, that's part of the characteristic of God. When, when, you, when you think about these images of the Lord saying in Zephaniah, I rejoice over you with singing. Do you know that the singing, that's, God gave that to you. I've watched America's Honey Funniest Home Videos. Dogs, they can't really sing. That's part of God's. There's just over and over, he's etched that you are not God. Amen? Before you leave. We're on the same page. But you bear his, his image. You reflect him and his characteristics. And you would think with God giving us alone his image and giving us his characteristics so that we could carry out his, his will for us, which would be to, do, to rule and to, to have dominion. You would think that's all good news. So, so where's the tension? I think... The tension, because we have to read this at the end of, of Genesis chapter 4 already happening. The tension is, is sin's deception. The devil didn't make you do it. You and I are born in sin. So what's, what sin tells you is that no man, no person has the right to tell me who I am. You can sing, I am who you say I am, but the reality is no one knows me better than me. We, we are tempted to think that we are our best definers. We are, we, are, we are tempted because of fallen examples, because of abuses of power, because of ridiculous, uh, destructive uh, leaders and friends and parents and, 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 and strangers who bear God's image. We are tempted to think that it's not just the image bearers who are not trustworthy, but the one whose image they reflect is not trustworthy. In fact, God loves me so much, he gave me the right to define who I am or to hate who I am because I know me. Here's where the tension is, and, and, and I need you to hear this. When you and I seek to self-describe or we seek someone to describe us or we, we look to our job, men, I'm talking to you, our job to describe us, to give us an identity. This, this, is, this is real. You are rejecting the image creator. You're rejecting the Lord. And once you hear that, you're rejecting his authority. You're denying it. You may think I've never thought of it that way. That's okay. Check it out. When, when you and I say no thank you to creation, to the creator, no thank you, I know, 
I know my insecurities. I know my feelings. I know this and that. When we lean into anything other than the Lord as our authority, then we are not following his light and his truth that leads us to his holy hill, his dwelling place, where we desire to go into worship. Amen? Are you following me on this? We, we have built this society. I was, I was lunch. We're talking, I was talking to an accountant who became, um, uh, got her law school degree, and now she was doing something amazingly different. And when, when I told her my degree is in psychology, I said, yeah, that was, that was the degree that you don't ever earn any money with. That's why God calls you into the ministry. And, and she said, no, I, I hear you, but boy, it seems like there are more and more people that need counseling today. And I said, Absolutely. Absolutely. Why? Because man is trying to let another man figure us out. I'm, I'm a believer in counseling and psychology, but if they're not paired under the banner of Jesus Christ, then they are leading you on a road to self, not identification, but destruction. Because we know it's the image bearer who leads us to life. So that when you or I scream, it is our identity. I am self-described. No one will tell me who I am. No one has the right to be my authority. Then you find yourself, regardless of, of what you hope for in eternity, we find ourselves rejecting the authority of the Lord. And we need to pull back from that. Because God has a better plan for you than you do. God has a better life for you than you do. He's got a better hope for you than you have. How do I know? Because he described it to us. Open your Bible with me. Verse 26 through 31. This is what the scripture says. Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of heavens, over the livestock, over the earth, over creeping things that creep on the earth. So God made man in his own image and in the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them and God blessed them. And God said, let them be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. And have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the, the, the birds of heavens, over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed on the face of the earth and every tree with its seed and fruit. You shall have them for food. Verse 30, and to every beast of the earth, to every bird of heavens, to every thing that creeps in the earth, everything that has breath of life, I have given to the, a green plant for food. And it was so, verse 31, and God saw everything that he had made and behold, it was very good. And it was morning and evening on the sixth day. You see, when we understand our true identity, it helps prepare us for heaven. How? Because in heaven, just like here on earth, you will be made in God's likeness. You know that? Now, now here's, here's the beauty of it. We can look back to Adam and Eve. They, they had forms untouched by sin. And scripture's pretty clear about a renewed body. You, you and I, when we live with the Lord one day, you will certainly be you. But you'll be you untouched by a life filled with sin, given to sin. You ever looked in the mirror, 
think, oh, diving board accident, 1982, right? <laughs> 10-speed accident, 1989. You know, working at uh, shipyard for whatever it is, all your ailments, skin cancer, being out in the sun, always, whatever. Have, have you ever looked in the mirror and thought, I don't like who I am? Let me tell you this. In Christ Jesus, made perfect by the Creator, who you are is beautiful. You see, what, what sin did, what it entered in, it did not cost you the image of God. It cost you the glory of God. See, it didn't, it didn't cost you the image. You still bear him. There's a desire to rule. There's a, a desire to care. There's a desire to express. In fact, most every temptation in this world is fallen into because your likeness is seeking to be filled by the perfect likeness that you were made for. You want to know love fully and completely, and yet we're, we're tempted by, by crass things. We want to we wanna know the joy of victory. So we, we tear it apart and we go after anything, success, no matter the cost. We, we wrestle with these things and maybe at the end of the day, we think, I, 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 I'm nothing. No, you bear God's likeness. The Bible says this in, in Corinthians. In Jesus Christ, the old has passed away and the new has come. Let me tell you, where your journey is made for is that you and I were made to be in the presence of God all the time, embracing who he is, delighting in how he sees us in himself, delighting about how we see his characteristics displayed in us. Sin came in and it starts wrecking this package. And the Bible says this, while we were still wrecked in our package, Christ died for us. Even in our filthy likeness, Jesus loved us. So that what? Not so that we could have a better life now, but so that the old sin-stained garbage could be done away with, cleaned up, washed clean. And the new self, that leans toward, that looks towards, that knows the renewed self is coming. That's, that's why and how we're made in God's likeness. But it's not just about God's likeness. That doesn't just prepare us. It's purpose. You and I have purpose and place in his kingdom, in his creation. In the beginning, God gave Adam and Eve this, this idea. Let them have dominion over the birds and the fish of the, the air and the, the fish of the sea. Verse 28, be fruitful, multiply, subdue, have dominion. Do you know that you and I have this purpose in the Lord, in his kingdom? His idea was that you and I would always be his ambassadors. Does that sound like New Testament to you? In, in the Old Testament, it was all Old Testament that once you and I were redeemed from a life of sin, just read every minor prophet, that the Lord will return, he will restore, he will renew. He will return. 
And what we will live in is better than anything we could have dreamt of before. And we will rule with him. We aren't simply his ambassadors to a lost world. We are his ambassadors to all creation. You have a purpose. Your purpose doesn't stop when you die. It begins. It really starts. Right now it's just training ground. Lord, in you. If you have called me to have dominion, to rule, how, how, how do I reflect you? Let your spirit lead me. Psalm again, 43. Let it lead me. Let your light and truth lead me. If, if I am going to, to rule and to lead my house, let it reflect my creator. If I am going to succeed in work, let it reflect my creator. If I am going to love, let it reflect my perfect and pure creator. If I am going to parent, fill in the blank. That's how you and I in a broken world reflect our creator with him and through him. You and I in Christ are not just his image bearers trying to rule and have domain, but in Christ, you and I are his ambassadors, knowing that the only way to the holy dwelling of God is through where his truth and his spirit leads, and it leads straight through the cross of our Lord. That's our purpose. Do you have a drive? Do you have a, a want? Do you have a, do you have a, 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 a care, a, a way that you love people? God made you that way because you have a purpose. It's not only do you bear his likeness, not only do you have a purpose, but I want you to know this, and this needs to be said, male and female. We are shaped specifically and intentionally to reflect his image. Verse 27, God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. In, in chapter 2 of Genesis, if, if you were to think of it this way, Genesis chapter 1 is the 50,000 foot view of creation. Genesis chapter 2 is like the up close and personal story of, of God creating man. It's really the zooming in. God created man in his image, male and female. He'll, he created them. Do you know that God knew in his mind it was his plan that men and women bear his likeness? What has sin done? Man, ladies, for most of history, you've been on the short end of that stick. What have men done? Whatever minority color exists in the area of you lived in, they're on the short end of the stick. Neither of those are biblical concepts. Those are sin-filled attacks on the Word of God. Church, do you know it's not just your likeness, it's, not, it's even your, your gender. God specifically has a, a way and a role for you to bear his image. Proverbs 31, ladies, it talks about the, a noble wife who can find. This, this, this woman is like superwoman. She's like, she's making bread and, and she's selling cloth and she's, she's taking care of the clan. She's encouraging, she's edifying. Like, there's not a Proverbs 32 because after you describe a woman that way, it's like, and man. Ecclesiastes. Right? But, but all the way through, you're looking at David. 
God sees him. No one else is looking at him. He's too short. His skin's too fair. He's the little young kid. God says, he's my image bearer, and I have made him, him, to bear my image in a specific way. Don't reject that, and don't you dare look down on someone else because of the way they bear God's image. That's ridiculous. If you are trying to destroy your image so that you can be someone else's image, don't do it. The Lord loves you. He made you who you are. And you are, are wrecking yourself. Run to the Father. Understand that sin and this tension has caused people, even claiming the name of Christ, to do wicked things. They are not reflecting the glory of God, even though they bear His image. Do you know you have a purpose? We, we, we talk about that all the time at my house. I'm the touchy-feely one in our family. Chrissy's the one to go to if you really need, like, solid, sound advice in a crisis. Like, we, we bear God's image in who He's made us to be. But, but I don't want to be her. And she doesn't want to be me. Why? Because God specifically designed us as us to reflect Him. Listen, the last thing I want you to know is, is found in verse 31. After it was all done, it said that God saw all that He had made, and it was very good. It was very good. God is pleased. God is pleased for you and I to be his image bearers. We are pleased. He's pleased with his work. He is so loving towards his work that even though sin, and you and I wrestling with sin today, even though sin tried to destroy it, even though sin tries to redefine it to work its way in, even, even though sin tries to take everything and, and break it apart to its own purposes, that even in all of that, God was so pleased with his plan that he will let nothing, he will let nothing distract him from it. So what did he do? A fallen creation, a sin-filled world. He gave his son, Jesus Christ, sinless, perfect, who died on a cross because the sin you and I wrestle with today. You see, Jesus Christ is God's redemption plan. It was when created because Eden wasn't where he was going to stop. And it's his eternal plan. Is that you and I understand this self-definition, this personal interjection. This is, you don't understand God like I do. This, this idea that you don't understand me like I do God. This, this I, idea that I'm worth nothing. This thought that, that I am less because of who I am. Christ died so that you wouldn't have to live in that. But, but that wasn't really where he stopped. He died so that you could 
be with him forever, untamed, unstained, untouched by sin. That's our driver. That is who God made us to be. Have you embraced that image? Are you running from it? Are, are you disgusted by it? Are you saddened by it? Would you lay it down at the foot of the cross? Would you lay down your preconceived notions and just let the love of God, the word of God, the light and the truth of God lead you to understand you through Jesus Christ? So that you can worship on the holy hymn, on the holy hill with exceeding joy. Let's pray. Father God, Lord, image is such a weird thing. Lord, I, 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 I know the wreckage that sin has done, not simply outside of the church, but in the church and through the church. God, even in our world today, the conversation's going on about how we know better than you. And Lord, we know that that's happening because of sin. Because what your word says is, when you made us in your image and you gave us a role and you gave us a role, Lord, that, that you said it's very good. Male and female, you created us. So God, in this room today, Lord, if there's anyone in here that is wrestling with who they are, would you bring them to the cross? Lord, would you allow them to hear your voice? You are a broken image bearer. You are struggling, but you don't have to be. Would you let them see themselves through your light and the redemption that only comes by submitting to the light of the world, Jesus Christ, and to the truth that he is the only way so that they may lay down Oh, Lord, they're garbage and be made new. Father God, in this room, there are men and women who have claimed the name of Christ, but still wrestle with that idea of image, of value, of worth. Lord, would you let them dwell on your goodness today? Would you allow them to, th to know out of all of creation, you decided to value man and woman. Lord, if there are those who are wrestling with the, the ideas that you created, the specific way that you've made men and women, Lord, would you allow them not to turn for counsel away from you, but let your spirit speak? Father God, if there are any in this room that have abused your image, Lord, would you allow them to submit, to confess, and turn to you in forgiveness? Lord, we love you in Jesus' name. Amen.